Another great episode of Red Sea Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you hear, please go to our website, redsearadio.org, and donate to our apostolate, or even become a member of our Immaculata Recurring Gift Society and keep us on the air. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Well, welcome to this episode of Red Sea Roundup. My name is Dennis Maka. I'm the president and executive director of Red Sea Apostolate, which is the founding organization for Red Sea Catholic Radio and all things uh, that are going on with Victory Sports and some other things going on in our communities. So very happy to be here today as your sit-in host and producer. So uh, say some prayers for me, folks, because Mm -hmm. I think the last time I did this, it was a... Not, I wouldn't say a train wreck. Well, in my opinion, it was a train, it was a train wreck, but it, it was just difficult. So I have a, a, a trusty sidekick with me today who um, I'm happy to announce will be soon a host on Red Sea Roundup herself, Maria Sotolongo. Welcome. Thank you, Dennis. So excited. We're very excited to have you here in the studio today. I'm going to talk a lot more about Maria and to Maria as today... She will be our guest in the second part of the show because Maria's got some pretty cool story to tell, uh, and I've got to hear some of it, and I'm, I'm looking forward to diving deeper into uh, her family history and what has led her here to our community and to this microphone. Um, yes. So I uh, want to tell you that we are available for phone calls during the first part of the show. If you want to call in at 85-LOVE-RED-C, that's 855 683 7332. If you have some things that are going on in your community, your church in your community, and want to share those with the greater world in this part of Texas, please feel free to call in 85 Love Red Sea. You're listening to Red Sea Roundup on one of three stations or on one of our two radio apps. Our radio apps can be found online at red C Radio K E D C or Red-C Radio K-Y-A-R for those two listening areas. And I mentioned KEDC, that's on 88.5 FM in the Brazos Valley. And in Central Texas, we're on 98.3 FM K-Y-A-R. And in East Texas, in the Diocese of Tyler, we have a station in Palestine at 107.9 FM K-I-N-F. And so we're very happy to be on those three stations currently Within the next three years, we're going to be adding two new stations. We may have announced that before, uh, or at least announced for you to pray for that. But just within the last couple of weeks, we have gotten notification that we are definitely going to be building two new radio stations just outside of Rockdale, um, which will cover Rockdale, Taylor, Cameron, Hutto, uh, Maynard, some of those communities with an FM signal from Red Sea Catholic Radio, and also in the Hallettsville community, which also includes Schulenburg, Shiner, Cuero, Yoakum, all those wonderful Czech and German cultural Catholic communities. Oh my gosh, you're going to have Red Sea Catholic Radio down there as well, and that's a big one. So we're very excited. So keep us in your prayers as we build on those construction permits um, in collaboration with one other organization down in Hallettsville and a station of our own that we will own and operate outside of Rockdale. Thanks be to God. Amazing. 
okay, now I've got to peel myself off the chair because I'm a little bit nervous about that. But uh, God will provide as he has all along over the last uh, decade and a half of Red Sea Catholic Radio and Red Sea Apostolate. One of the things that we do, Maria, each day, each day that we have roundup Mm -hmm. is we cover a saint of the week or a saint of the day. And I have a couple of saints that I want to highlight and some things Mm -hmm. that we're going to talk about. In order to do that, I'm going to actually play one of the things that we air on occasion through either our radio affiliates uh, or through our own local is Saint of the Day from Franciscan Media. So today's Saint of the Day, March 8th, is Saint John of God. Here's a spot. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for March 8th. Today we celebrate Saint John of God. Peace of heart came slowly to today's saint, who was 40 before he acknowledged the depth of his sinful life, especially as a soldier. Even after he resolved to spend the rest of his life serving God, John struggled. He hoped for martyrdom in Africa, until his confessor advised him that his desire was not spiritually well-based. Sometime later, a sermon by St. John of Avila so moved him that he publicly beat himself. John was committed to a mental hospital where John of Avila visited him and advised him to focus on doing good for others rather than punishing himself. After leaving the hospital, John began to work among the poor of Spain. He established a house for the sick poor. People who had once dismissed him as a lunatic were touched and inspired by his love and devotion. Many supported his work with money and provisions, including a local bishop who began calling him John of God. In time, both his work and his interior prayer life attracted men who wished to work with him. A new religious congregation of men devoted to hospital ministry was formed 20 years after John's death in 1550. He was canonized 140 years later. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Now, that is a great resource to have, the Saint of the Day. If you go to saintoftheday.org, you can find all kinds of recordings or listen to Red Sea Catholic Radio, and you could hear them on on our uh, airwaves uh, throughout the day, interspersed each day. Saint John of God was pretty extreme, uh, led, led an extreme sinful life, and then went to the, another extreme by self-flagellation and self-beatings in public to atone for that. And people thought he was a little cuckoo, of mm-hmm. course. And so they put him in a mental institution until Saint, uh, not then, but John of Avila mm-hmm. uh, came to him and said, Hey, yo, chill out, dude. You know, this is, a, you know, you're taking it a little too yeah. extreme. Why don't you no serve? Why do don't that. you serve the poor? Why don't you uh, do some of these other things that are in service to God's mm-hmm. people here on earth? But he also took that to an extreme. So when we hear these saints of the day, Sometimes it's real easy to just go, whoa, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't even fathom doing that. Can't do that. So to buffer that, I give you another saint, not of today, but saint, uh, not saint, but blessed, mm-hmm. soon to be saint, blessed Carlo Acutis, who actually, if you may have seen his relics, took a tour of the diocese really uh, recently. So here's some information on St. Carlo Acutis. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for October 14th. Today, we celebrate Blessed Carlo Acutis. Though Carlo's wealthy parents had their son baptized soon after his birth in 1991, they were not particularly religious. Carlo's questions about faith prompted them to arrange for him to make his first communion at age seven. 
the boy became a frequent communicant, making a point of praying before the tabernacle, before or after every Mass. At school in Milan, Carlo comforted friends whose parents were undergoing divorce and defended disabled students from bullies. Considered a computer geek by some, Carlo spent four years creating a website dedicated to cataloging every reported Eucharistic miracle around the world. But he also enjoyed films, soccer, and playing video games. Diagnosed with leukemia, Carlo offered his sufferings to God for the intentions of the Pope and the entire Church. He died in 2006 and was buried in Assisi. Many of his childhood friends were present in 2020 to witness Carlo's beatification at Assisi's Basilica of St. Francis. There's more about the saints, along with inspiration and Catholic resources, at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. So there you have another mm-hmm. contrast in extremes, but not so extreme to where we, you know, can't attain something like that. Mm-hmm. So as a teenager, he's ministering to his other teenagers, uh, going to adoration, frequent mass. I mean, these are things that that each of us can accomplish. We can do it. But they are somewhat extreme to today's culture, but it's doable. Mm-hmm. Right. Go to confession every week. Yeah. Go to adoration. So there are definitely things that we can do. And so I think it's really great that the church holds these two separate men as examples of the faith. One that seems pretty difficult to attain, uh, you know, um, why he didn't die a martyr's death, but, you know, died Mm -hmm. serving the poor in pretty extreme ways. And then serving your fellow man while still being a computer geek. Mm-hmm. So as Mother Angelica says, we're all called to be great saints. Don't miss the opportunity. Amen. Pretty saints amazing. Saints in the making. So one of the things that we got to oppor- witness this week, uh, weekend, mm-hmm. one of the team for Victory Sports, they had their team name as the Saints. They go. were in the championship, and we've got on the line Robin Romanski for a, a, just a quick re- review of what happened this past weekend. Robin is our coordinator of youth sports and uh, victory sports. What's going on, Robin? Hey, good morning. Not good morning. too much. Um, we did have some excitement this weekend with our basketball championships, and you mentioned the Saints, but I was going to kind of go over real quick all the team names that we had um, in the championships are several, or maybe not all of them, but we had okay. St. Joseph's Hammers taking on the Lightning, both, awesome. um, uh, you know, evocative of St. Joseph and some of the things that we associate him with. And then we had St. Joseph's Terrors. Mm. Um, Terror of Demons. Another, that's right, Terror of Demons, and another one of our divisions. And we had the St. Thomas Aquinas Cows. Mm-hmm. You figure that one out? Uh, I'm guessing the dumb ox. That's right. That's right. But they were girls, so they went with cows. I'm not calling them cows uh, or dumb oxes, but St. Thomas Aquinas <laughs> called himself, I believe, that. So they did. <laughs> that's right. He did. Um, anyway, they had they were the cows, and that's who played the saints. And the saints were a combined team from Santa Teresa and St. Anthony's. So they went with the saints. We had another combined team in the little boys division, and they were the seekers because they believed, I mean, they came up with that name that. You know, St. Anthony is who we call on when we're something's lost, you know, on Pretty his awesome. intercession. But then Santa Teresa, um, you know, St. Therese, the little flower, she also, um, you know, was seeking holiness. So 
the seekers. Pretty awesome. And we had a gym full of parents and, and kids and onlookers. It was amazing. We had hundreds of people in that gym. I, I think I lost count at the, at the mass. We had over 85 people at our, our mass of celebration and just a wonderful weekend for victory sports. It was just so awesome, Robin. Yeah, it was a great conclusion to, to basketball. The kids' faces when they get to you know, lift up the big trophies and, and the tears on the teams that don't win, <laughs> but all good life lessons and lots of fun. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It was, there was just a lot of life happening yeah. um, over at St. Joseph's in the gym and, and in the Good Shepherd Chapel where we had mass. And, and we've got more, more life to come mm-hmm. with another season just around the corner. Why don't you share about That's that? That's right. Soccer, soccer starts up um, the week leading up to March 24th. So practices began March 24th is the plan. That's the Friday Kind of our model so far has been Friday evening practices, Saturday games. Games don't begin until April 1st, but so they get mm-hmm. a couple weeks of practice before the games start. But registrations are open until that Friday, March 24th. Now, the sooner people register, the better. And currently, we do have a, a promo code that would be um, it's effective right now for 25% off. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's listening who thinks, yes, I'd love to have my son or daughter play they're in the first through the sixth grade and would like to have them play for a parish team and and get to really you know get to know maybe some new families and mm-hmm. in, in the parish that you don't always see at mass or maybe you'll go to different masses um this has been a, it's been a lot of fun to see those relationships strengthen and it's been know, great to see non-catholics involved as well and and i'm That's hearing right. non-catholic families are involved in this as well and are getting a whole lot out of it. And and one of the things that they bring over um, and talk about oftentimes is we actually keep score. We actually have a championship. And so it's really neat to see because in life we have winners and losers and we have people that don't always attain, attain the goal that they want, but they have to persevere nonetheless. That's right. You know, we have had, like you said, quite a few non-Catholics, mm-hmm. um, participating and and what the feedback I get from them is like you said they like the that there's we're keeping score there's a winner and a loser and there's that championship trophy but the kids are you know really motivated to want to work um to get better each week because Mm -hmm. that's exciting you know to them okay we're having to wrap up virtues yeah we're having to wrap up as we hit the break but if they want to find out more about victory sports where do they go robin victoryyouthsports.org and I was starting to say, if you'll use the code SOCCER25, all caps, you get 25% off. All right, SOCCER25 at VictoryYouthSports.org. So on the other side of the break, we're going to be visiting with Maria Sotolongo, the new host of Red Sea Roundup that you'll get to hear more often, and me a lot less often. Thanks be to God. We'll be right at, back after the break for Red Sea Roundup Part 2. And we're back for part two of this episode of Red Sea Roundup. My name is Dennis Maka. I am the president and executive director for Red Sea Apostolate and thereby Red Sea Catholic Radio, which you are listening to on KYAR 98.3 FM in Central Texas, 88.5 FM KEDC in the Brazos Valley, and on 
107.9 KINF uh, FM, of course, in Palestine, Texas. I'm here today in the uh, upstairs studio at St. Mary's Catholic Center in College Station talking to a very special person as our guest. Uh, Maria Sotolongo is uh, quite an amazing person who has worn many hats. We are talking about saints of the day. I, I introduce her as future saint in the making. <laughs> oh, dear. And, and this oh, is dear. maybe part of her purgatory is, is introducing her on the, <laughs> uh, the Red Sea Roundup host. No pressure. Uh, as a host, but she's going to be taking over the Tuesday, I'm sorry, second Wednesday, get my days mixed up. It's Wednesday, uh, Dennis, it's I Wednesday. <laughs> I'm so glad you're going to take my spot here. Oh. Um, uh, taking over uh, the second Wednesday of each month for Red Sea Roundup. Mm-hmm. And uh, Maria has a, a great gift as a storyteller. Oh, and uh, she is currently serving in the position as Director of Development and Admissions uh, for St. Joseph Catholic School here in Bryan. You have probably heard her not too long ago on a Red oh. Sea Roundup episode yep, uh, where Thaddeus. she was interviewed um, and in that, in that uh, vein as Director of Development mm-hmm. and Admissions. But this one is a personal story because we want you to get to know Maria better. And I want to get to know <laughs> her better. And some of the things that I um, got to talk to her about, she will talk about today. She has produced a documentary. She mm-hmm. has experience with TV and radio. No, uh, to TV. Radio, you know, actually, Dennis, that was my first. There was a radio fiesta in Houston. Okay, okay. And I did that for okay. a very brief so she stint. she hails from Houston. Ah. So none of, none of you hold that against her. Because no, I think please. a lot of us do. So oh, not me. Dear. But anyways, <laughs> um, we're going to back up and talk about who you are and uh, talk about your uh, history. But uh, what brings you to town is your position with St. Joseph's, and that's what brought you to our radar. Mm-hmm. But learning your story, I think, is what really attracted us to saying she would be an incredible Roundup host, because I think the stories that she's going to get people to tell to you will be mm-hmm. very um, impactful and emotion-filled. And I'm excited to so. hear about where we go with the show with you at the helm each second Wednesday. So, Thank Maria, welcome. Thank you so much, Dennis. You're making me uh, very uh, nervous a little bit, but excited as well. Uh, and, and it's really just a, a huge blessing. It really is. Um, I think the older I get, the more I realize that it's not my plan. It's God's plan. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And so the more I get out of my way, the more I feel the Holy Spirit interceding. Yeah. And that is kind of in retrospect, when I look back at my life, I go, Okay. Yep. God was there all along, just kind of nudging me. Well, let's look back. Yes. Let's look back, back to when you were uh, a youth, as as they say, <laughs> or or uh, you know your family sure. background, go, growing up, cradle Catholic, c- yes. convert. What what are you? Uh, cradle Catholic, born in Spain in Madrid, España. So Spanish was my first language. We lived um, there in Spain, actually in the outsides of Madrid. It's mm-hmm. called Cuenca. Beautiful place, by the way, if you ever get a chance, and uh, lots of history. But uh, we moved as a family. The thought was that we would all, my five brothers and sisters and I and my mom and dad, would just uh, move to Houston, Texas. Uh, 
Uh, my father's an architect. He was an architect, so he was able to get a job connection here in, uh, well, in Houston. Yeah. And that's where we all moved uh, with the plan of just being there for a few years, and then my sisters would go back. How old were you? I was 10. Oh, my. And so, uh, you know, when something kind of uh, big happens in your life and you're that young, you remember it vividly. So I, I do. I have these very, you know, strong and... Um, crisp memories of moving here to uh, the United States. But that's it. Then we all ended up staying. We didn't go back to Spain. Again, Mm. God's plan, not ours. And um, I went to Catholic school, you know, junior high, um, St. Cecilia's Catholic School in Houston, and then uh, to Duchenne Academy of the Sacred Heart, all girls um, go dash. And uh, then I, I ended up going to the University of Houston, and I got a degree in communications and radio and television. And then I, at Mississippi State, I did a three-year program for meteorology. So I did meteorology on TV for a long time. That was a, a very early wake-up call. I did a morning show. Okay. And so I thought that was my calling, Dennis. I thought, this is it. I'm supposed to be in front of cameras uh, doing the weather. But, you know, when you do the weather, you might or might not know some people think that it's scripted, but it's not. Okay. So I really enjoyed being able to tell a story through the weather. And then because it was a morning show, you could kind of have a little bit even, more. You don't even type it up ahead of time, just n- bullet points no, or anything? No, I mean, since we make our own graphics, we would make our own, you know, you do your forecast and all of that. So then you make the order of your graphics so you okay. kind of know what you're going to be talking about. Yeah. And um, I just loved it. I loved having a, a, a part in this show. It was a four-hour morning show, first in Dallas and then in Houston. Oh, so you were a so, weather person. At, you call yourself yep. a weather person? Weather a meteorologist. Woman, meteorologist. Yes, yes, Dennis. Meteorologist uh, <laughs> for uh, the morning show in uh, Dallas. It was called Good Day. Okay. And I did that there for about five, six years. And then... You know, a whole bunch of other places in between. But in Houston, the latest one was the um, 2018 to 2020. I just did two years at the CW okay. morning show. And then came COVID. So um, we just thought to ourselves, my husband and I were both considered, quote unquote, essential employees. And we thought, what are we doing? You know, we had to go to work. We had to hire a nanny mm-hmm. at, to stay with our kids while they did online learning. And um, though it was a blessing and we had really... Fabulous jobs, you know, my husband in commercial uh, construction and myself in the TV world. But we both kind of just, I think God was and continues to to shake us up, right? He he kind of speaks our love language. It's what I always Uh like to say. And so I think both my husband and I, thank the Lord, were on the same page and said, yeah, we can't keep doing this. You know, we're... Ships passing in the night. I would barely see him. I would wake oh, up because early. you were working the morning shift still, and he yes. was working the normal. And he was wearing, working normal uh, shift, and but he would get home like at six or seven, and I'd be trying to go to bed at you know oh, by eight gosh. or nine. Yeah. So we just um, had a heart to heart and lots of prayerful consideration, and we thought we're moving. How many kids at that time? We have three kids. Okay. Yep. So, so three, three we had kids, three kids. And their ages around that and time when you were the ships so passing in the night. That was 2020. So um, three years ago, they were 12, seven, and five. Okay. So uh, wow. we just, yeah, we thought we can't do this. This is supposed to be the, the best years, right? Oh, yeah. And um, so we moved out to Navasota because we have some land out there from um, my in laws. And we sold our house and just took that leap of faith and said, we're moving. We're going. Did y'all both just 
resigned your your jobs? Well, I yeah, I, I did because I thought um, you know I I didn't want to resign my contract and keep doing what I was doing. So in October 2020 is when my contract was up. So okay. I just did not uh, renew it. Okay. And my husband, since he was doing construction, but at the time it wasn't doing well because of um, COVID and everything shut, shut down. down. We just thought, well, let's just go. Let's do it now, and we'll see what happens. Um, so we did. We sold our house and then moved out to to the country to Navasota. Okay. okay. So wow, there's a there's a lot of steps in there that <laughs> I think we've we've missed as well. I missed the whole the whole Hurricane Harvey was a huge part, oh, <laughs> and I kind of tissues if this is going to be a traumatic discussion. I kind of like to skip over that, but no, of course that was a huge part, part of, of your, our life. It's part of your life. And yeah. So, um, when were you married? So we were married in 1996. Okay, 96, and and you were living in Houston, raising your family, mm-hmm. or Dallas possibly at that time as well. You, we moved um, uh, from, so we lived in Dallas for eight years from about after 9-11. Uh, we moved, it's interesting, Dennis, how kind of like tragedy or traumatic events kind of define our life, right? I mean, we remember things before and after 9-11, yeah. before and after, you know, a war, or before and after in our case now with covid and then um, for us, it certainly was before and after Harvey. Hurricane Harvey in Houston just devastated so many parts of the area, and including us and the west side of Houston. Mm-hmm. So we lived by the reservoirs, um, and both uh, both dams or reservoirs um, were just filled to the brim. And uh, what reservoirs that normally are just city parks, soccer fields, right? Right. Or I mean, we would bike to the to the reservoirs. Land. Yep. And trails. And yep, that, it's that kind of a green area and uh, a water collection reservoir. Yes, meant to protect. Meant to protect, especially downstream, which is where we lived, and we just never thought. Of course, Houston never thought that we would live through that um, just mm-hmm. traumatic event. But um, so the the hurricane itself, Dennis, did not do any harm. Did not have any water, no wind damage, nothing in our homes. Okay, it was that Sunday. After the hurricane, August 27th, 2017. <laughs> get, your, get your meteorologist voice going. <laughs> I know, right? It's that day. We all remember whenever and it happened, right? You were not a, a meteorologist I was not working on TV, time. no. But of course, since I'm the geeky meteorology oh, nerd, you know, behind the scenes, I was the family meteorologist, the community meteorologist, all my friends on Everyone's Facebook, social media. I mean, yeah, we knew it was going to be horrific, but not to the lengths and, uh, you know, just the horror that it it brought on. But, um, so I guess that's, that's, uh, that's something that, yes, it nearly broke us, Dennis. It was horrible. We had 14 days of water in our one story home. And so, okay, but let's, we kind of skipped around. (laughs) I like to skip around Dennis, Uh, but guide me, guide me. I'm having the lasso, (laughs) this, this pony over here. Go, Um, go, go. So you said the hurricane did no damage, no wind damage, no, no roof nothing. peeled off, no, none mm-hmm. of that. Um, there was a lot of water that it collected inside In dams, yes. those reservoirs, which were designed to hold and mm-hmm. protect the downstream yep. neighbors, neighborhood, and, and all right. the infrastructure down mm-hmm. beyond that in the bio. 
right. bayou, if I need to say yes. it. Yes. Right? The bayou literally was our backyard also, to just put a, a little perspective. If you can imagine that you don't have a backyard like fence, we didn't even have a fence because okay. it gave way to the bayou. Yeah. So the kids called it like, you know, exploring. Can Mama, can we go to explore in the mountain or in the, you know, yeah, in, yeah. The, in the woods? Because it was city property after our certain, you know, Right. Kind of allocated area or backyard. It was the bayou. So the bayou was okay. our backyard. Please don't think that we're fools because we didn't have insurance mm-hmm. because over 60% of that area did not have flood insurance. We just didn't think we needed it. I know now it seems very silly and just a, a huge error, but we didn't have insurance, uh, flood insurance. And unless you have flood insurance, you are not going to get anything covered um, yeah. if it's because of flooding that you've had issues. So the water was still safely behind the dam. Safely behind the dams. But we had uh, evacuated because we had not been told by the media, the darn media. Can I say darn on the radio? I already did. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, you can say that word. Okay. Okay. So the media, which, uh, you know. We've said a lot worse on Red Sea Roundup, as a matter of fact. (laughs) See, Dennis, I'm trying to contain myself because you're you're pressing buttons from the past that I'm still healing from. Well, next time you may just interview me and you may press a few of my buttons so you get to pay back. Deal. Okay. We're going to do that. (laughs) Stay tuned, folks. But, um, okay, so let me go in order then. So the water had The water was okay um, on August 26th at night, but at 11 and 12 o'clock at night, Mm -hmm. the city, without any kind of notice, decided to open the dams at night, in the middle of the night. So thank the Lord we were not home. We had evacuated. We were at my sister's, like, just a couple miles away, and- we thought, okay, great. Yeah. The day after, everything was fine. Uh, but then we started hearing rumors of maybe they were going to, you know, they were going to open the dams and, and so forth. So then they do at night, 11 and 12 o'clock. But they don't tell us to evacuate. Again, we had already evacuated. And at night, we get a phone call from our neighbor who had not evacuated okay. saying, please come get us. We are on our second story home. We cannot get out. There's water all up in our home. And middle we can't get out in the middle of the night. So this was mm. like one o'clock in the morning that our neighbor, Melanie, called us. And she was desperate. But, of course, sure. we were just literally in tears going, well, we, we can't go get you. How are we going to get you? But yeah. we called the authorities, et cetera. So that was just the first inkling of, oh, dear, we are in trouble because this is my next door neighbor. And she said she had about five feet of water in her home. Oh, my gosh. And that it was rushing in. So that was the opening of the dams. And that, that's why the water came into all of our homes. We were a direct pathway mm-hmm. for the water to be directed yeah. from literally the backyard of our homes all the way. So you were looking at from west to east in Houston, if you know the area of I-10, uh-huh. like from Katy towards downtown on right. I-10, that's, we were parallel. We lived parallel to, to the Katy Freeway. And so that water just rushed through, and that's what did the damage. The sewer system just busted. Um, The water was everywhere, of course, in our home. And remember, it was August, so very hot weather. We were not allowed to go in. Remember, they had a lockdown. We we could not come into our homes. We couldn't go back to our homes for two weeks. Mm. So, um, But we had some neighbors that were firefighters and they went through and they kind of saw the damage and they would send us videos, you know, and 
that's how we kind of started to see what had happened. So the water was there, stayed for fourteen days. Four, the, it was the water the, stayed in our homes for fourteen okay. days. Wow, Dennis, that's what most people don't. I thought know. you were about to say fourteen hours. I mean, no. not, not that the damage would have been. I mean, you know, it, it might have been a little bit easier to just not have. Yeah, but the fourteen entire, days. Yeah, fourteen days. Just that's we, a game changer. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, there was nothing, you know, when people would ask, so, I mean, was everything ruined? Did, did everything just was completely damaged? I mean, yeah, of I mean, course, because the mold was just yeah. the sewage undescribable. Water, yes. The... It was just horrific. It was all the way. So imagine five feet, like half of your wall. Yeah. And then the half of the bottom, the bottom half, I should say, was water. But then the top was mold. Yeah. So you had to tear down your entire wall. It, you had to take out sure. the entire, you know, the, the wall was kind of falling you know, one apart. One or two story. At that. We had one story. Okay. Yeah. So again, there was just nothing. There was nothing. And uh, I imagine if there were two story homes, what's on the second floor isn't necessarily yeah, spared Yeah, it either. wasn't necessarily much better. Um, so yes, a Man. lot of folks were just really, really in, in, in bad shape. And so... I always say it nearly broke us, and I. Uh, that's why I said I wanted to do a documentary because I knew we weren't alone. Right. And with my background, in, again, in meteorology and and um, communications, I went around the area and I interviewed 10 families. One of those families lost a loved one who drowned in their home. Yeah. And then um, I had everything from uh, a mom who went into labor mm-hmm. uh, during the the flooding and then, you know— just an elderly couple and everybody telling me their story was very cathartic, kind of therapeutic. And we all could kind of rely on each other to understand what, what we were going through. Well, when you're going through something like that, I I've got a history as a uh, licensed counselor working with trauma and debriefing Mm -hmm. from you name it from flooding out in the, uh, the uh, Beaumont area where Mm -hmm. we, we worked with an entire school district post uh, Rita Right. And, and post-Katrina, really, mm-hmm. honestly. Oh, yeah. um, but working from deaths of a cheerleader, you know, we've, we've worked oh, a lot of trauma yeah. debriefing types of episodes in the mm-hmm. school. And a lot of times when you're going through an episode like that, mm-hmm. even though you see people all around you that are suffering, mm-hmm. you internally feel, what's wrong with me? Why am I feeling this way? Mm-hmm. I'm all alone. And and so until you can share that story with others and others yep. hear you say that story, mm-hmm. it's it's tough. Yeah. And, and and that doesn't have to be limited to uh, a death. Right. It, do, it doesn't have to be limited to a natural disaster. I have a very good friend of mine who's had a significant family illness. Mm. And yep. because of the fear of death. You know, there's survival guilt. There's all kinds of right. things. So trying to get back on to, to your feet again, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter the circumstance. Doesn't have to be something. What most people would think is traumatic. Right. If you're experiencing signs and symptoms of, of flashbacks mm-hmm. and uh, uh, different types of occurrences, like you're you're reliving it all again. I'm sorry if sure. I'm doing that again <laughs> for you here. Um, it's normal for right. you to be going through that. And it's always good to retell your story, mm-hmm. to share that with others so they you could just at least get it out. Right. And and one way that I would I, I would compare that to is you take a deep breath and just pretend that you're a balloon. You breathe mm-hmm. in air 
you have more stress, that's more air into your balloon, more air, mm-hmm. even good stress. Yes. If you don't let out some of that air, what's going to happen with your balloon? It's going oh, yes. to pop. Gonna burst. Yep. Yeah. So you want to be able to have someone you can talk to on a regular mm-hmm. basis to share the goods, the bads, the everything that mm-hmm. happened uh, to let out that stress, but also to know that you're not the only one going through that. Yep. No, it helped tremendously to talk to other families. And one of my questions in the documentary was about their marriage, you know, everybody's marriage. You know, what yeah. what has happened in your marriage after Hurricane Harvey? And um, so it was very revealing and, you know, not good to hear that everybody was going through the same issues. But it it was a little bit like, OK, I'm, again, like you said, Dennis, I'm not alone. And uh, this is maybe a little bit normal to, to f- feel my feelings. Sure. But what I saw through all of the, you know, the tragedy of the hurricane and our personal story, uh, more than that, I, I, I lived through uh, the hand of God, literally picking us up and helping us rebuild. And tell about some of those stories. Um, I mean, so many. Well, your na- your friends that live down the road who let you live there for two weeks. Right. I mean, I I definitely example. was able to to survive it because of friends and family and strangers that would just come to us and give us pizza or, you know, lollipops or for the kids or, you know, popsicles when it was so hot. And then random people that would come by with just little cards, like handmade cards that their kids had made or gift cards. Or, or there was a group that was walking around saying, we want to pray with you. Nice. And, you know, that is what what brings tears to my eyes more than, you know, of course, the horror of what we lived. It is it is that is like God's presence in mm-hmm. the rubble in, you know, in the flood, in the mess, you know, that that I had one friend that actually came by who is not uh, Catholic and she's not a believer. And, you know, she came by and she brought us some. Uh, materials to clean up and so forth. And and then she had a moment with me by the car and, uh, you know, we were kind of crying and she said, Maria, really, you, do you still have faith after this, yeah. after what's happened to you? And you, she was crying and I was crying. And I just, you know, looked at her and I, I said, I mean, even more, you know, even more faith because I know God is here. I know God is here even more than uh, when this tragic event, yeah. you know, uh, before it had happened. And so I, I I have, I mean, it was a test of faith for sure. And it continues to be, like you say, no matter what you go through, if it's an illness or a breakup, it could be whatever it might be that you're going through. But, yeah. you know, to really look for God even more so in those times of trials and tribulations and of literally f- being flooded. You know, my husband and I kept going like, what is God trying to tell us? What is God trying to teach us? You know, uh, and I think that it kept being and it continues to be for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you mm-hmm. and not harm you. Even though like to my friend who is not a believer, she thought that I certainly would have had no faith left after yeah. this tragedy. So, uh, it, it, isn't it weird how you're being observed in, in that mm-hmm. time, and your testimony was so powerful in that moment? And and uh, to share a quote just yesterday from a, a dear mutual friend of both of ours, Janine Berry, uh, oh, of big course. supporter of the station, I've known her for years. Yes, I saw her on my way home after. Uh-huh. Um, I think 
I think it was yesterday. Maybe oh, okay. it was the day before. I think it was the day before. <laughs> you got your days was, mixed up, though, Dennis. No, so it was okay. Monday no, because kidding. it was definitely a Monday. I'm kidding, yeah. And I think she saw the exasperation in my face after a long day of work, mm. and, and she was going in to... Uh, to change the altar linens mm. here at St. Mary's. And she's just an amazing, oh, that's yes, a saint in the yes. making. St. Janine Berry of, Col- of oh, Brian. That sounds great, by the way. Um, she said, God has an amazing way of stretching us, doesn't he? Ooh. Mm. And I yes. needed to hear Amen. that. And I needed to hear that. And so uh, after a long day, I felt like I had been stretched quite a bit in like ways. That. In doing things here uh, for the apostolate that I, don't necessarily like doing, you mm. know, managerial stuff and planning and right. it's not my forte, but I felt stretched. And so I imagine mm. you were a sign of God to that friend showing, yeah, I'm, I'm being stretched. Yep. I'm but, being pruned. That's also what I kept thinking. Oh, you that's know, a good analogy. I am being pruned. He is, you know, God is literally, or like the silversmith, you know, analogy in scripture or, you know, all of those things. Thoughts just kept coming to mind, which again, I knew it wasn't from myself, that it was like the Holy Spirit whispering into my heart and feeding us and uh, giving us just comfort. So, yes, definitely have. We've been stretched, Dennis. We've been stretched. And you you stretched in ways that are unexpected, um, in good ways as Mm, well Yeah. since then. So you had mentioned um, you and your husband— Left your jobs in Houston. Mm-hmm. Okay. Post uh, COVID. Post COVID, post Harvey. Mm-hmm. So essentially, did y'all, y'all ended up rebuilding the home? Right. We living did. Living in it for. So it took us a year and a half to rebuild, which was just crazy. But then we lived in it for a year only. Okay. And then we moved. Um, so it was really hard to leave that house. I literally hugged, oh, listen, yeah, it was, it was, it was really tough, but I literally hugged our house after leaving because (laughs) after all that we had gone through with that house, I didn't really want to leave it, but I, we've both felt God calling us and and we didn't understand it. We didn't really know what we're going to move to Navasota. Where? What are we going to do? Sorry, Navasota, we love you. We love you, Navasota. I mean, we still live there uh, and do the drive every time. from Houston, you're like, where? Yes, yes. It made no (laughs) sense. But now we see the divine plan and uh, we continue to, you know, just listen to see what we're supposed to do. So you've been stretched in good ways. Yes. Um, your husband is is employed and working now. Yes. Uh, doing yes. some construction work. And you are Amen. working, as we mentioned earlier, yes. as the director of uh, development and admissions for St. Joseph Catholic School. Right. Your experience in Catholic schools was growing oh, yeah. up in Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. but mm, I had not about. worked uh, directly in a Catholic school. I had, of course, volunteered, you know, many times, and all my children went to different Catholic schools in Houston. Okay. So I was involved in many different ways. Did they go to the same Catholic schools? They did not. No, they did not, because we just lived in a different part of town. And anyhow, it's a whole long other story. That's another show. Uh, Catholic schools in Houston. We could do that. Um, But (laughs) maybe uh, maybe, maybe we don't want to. Maybe not. Uh, so there's I some, there's some great Catholic schools in Houston. No, I, I there want to say certainly that are. A lot of my family members have gone there. No, so. there they are, and I loved attending the the schools that I did. I think I am. I was very much formed in a big way by them. So I Thanks nothing to bad God. to say about them okay. at all. It was just our lifestyle that we had to go to three different Catholic oh, schools. Goodness. 
One child went to one, and my little guy went to one, middle guy went to another one, and my girl I, went to another. I think we set a record as our family in College Station. We really? had six kids Stop. in five different schools. What? Two different well, high school schedules. So there you go. Dennis, we'll see. Then you get it. I do get it. Okay. That And and we were starting a radio apostolate at the same time. <gasps> All right. You got and, me beat. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm about to beat you in the ground on this one because oh, no. I was also the founding Band booster president. No. <laughs> I mean, how did you do that? That's why I got little gray hairs oh. popping up all over my well, head. Well, you definitely are going to be a, But a, I get it. A, I get the, the stretching there. And, yes. And, and it, a lot of those things that we did were callings from God. I'm like, wait, yep. don't you see what we're doing mm-hmm. here? We're doing this. Yeah. Why are you calling me to do this? I can't do that. Yep. Well. But you feel like you know, it's not from you. It's not from me. It's was it, Was the current position kind of that... Feel that that yes. call? Did you were you seeking it? Did it seek you? No, a hundred percent. I did not seek it. Um, I mean, I wanted to find a job, sure, um, but I never would have imagined that I would be the director of development and admissions at St. Joseph Catholic School in Bryan. Never. And so, because my three children mm-hmm. go there, I first was just a parent, but then in my seeking a position and a job somewhere, um, I looked uh, around the area. And then Ms. Mishler and Father Brian knew that I was looking for a position. And when this position became available, there was a, there was a talk, and I just thought, "What?" Um, kind of a discernment. Wait a process. minute, uh, are you sure? Yeah. Um, and so their belief in me and in my background in communications yeah. and um, and just networking and and so forth really made me think. And so. Adoration, rosaries, talking, crying, screaming a little <laughs> bit of what? What do you want me to do, dear Lord? And then we, uh, I said yes, okay, I'll do it. And uh, just nice. the children, the community, the um, the families that are involved, the administration, and ultimately that the ministry is God. I mean, I I am doing it for His glory and for you know for building disciples and um, shaping these kids in any way that we can through mind, body, and spirit. And it's just, it's just been unexpected, really, uh, Dennis, but just so fruitful. Well, talk about how that was a leap of faith. I mean, because, I mean, that's not at all mm. like being a meteorologist, <laughs> right? No. In your early days, you said you did work some in radio mm-hmm. and, you know, um, that's a, that's a vastly different right. career field, mm-hmm. uh, nonprofit, Yes. Know, so I'm sure that the salaries are different. Uh, we uh, won't have to go yeah. into that, but it, <laughs> you know that that's that's part of the sacrifice mm-hmm. and that leap of faith. Did how did you and your husband do that together? Um. Well. Or was you know, it was it a? I mean, you said there was a lot of rosaries and crying and and probably some <laughs> wondering what am I doing. But I right. mean, at some point, y'all have to make that decision, and mm-hmm. with the kids as well. Right. I mean, ultimately, I when I look back again at our journey together as husband and wife, I, I, I do see when we've had to make these really big decisions, we've always agreed. And um, they've been scarier or they've made no sense, perhaps, but yeah. um, because we feel like we have been challenged from the beginning. You know, we went through infertility at the beginning of our, you know, of our marriage. Uh, we've gone wow. through lots of challenges in our marriage before we were parents. We were married for 11 years before having children. So we're kind of older parents. Okay. Um, but we always felt 
together. Um, and that is also why I'm such an advocate for marriage, because I feel like if you listen, especially in the times of trouble, you do hear God's whispers. And they, again, most of the time haven't made sense, but we've both somehow agreed in just stopping, looking at each other, letting go of our ego kind of thing, and mm-hmm. really saying, you know, Holy Spirit, come, yeah. guide us, and let us know, is this what you want us to do, dear Lord? And and that we've come eye to eye, heart to heart, and both agreed on these big decisions. First, it was moving from Houston to Dallas, and then Dallas to Houston, and then now Houston to Navasota, yeah. and then in between all of those things that, you know, that happened. But I think it happens through definitely prayer and just looking at each other as reflections of God and not fill my husband and Maria, myself, the wife. Yeah. But as that, like servants, you know, that that it's bigger than us. And um, when we look in the small window of our life, you know, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. squinting here for you. Um, Dennis, it is. It's small. It's so small when you just look at it as husband and wife. But if you open that window of opportunity that God provides, it's just, it's endless. You know, it's, it's panoramic. It's uh yeah. it's landscape mode instead of portrait mode, if you will. But um, definitely prayer and just mm, selflessness and um, hand in hand with God. Well, it's all part of the journey. Yeah. And, and that, as they always say, it's uh, the, the first the hardest part of a, a long journey is taking that first step. Yep. Amen. Sometimes getting out of the door and taking that leap of faith. And it sounds like that having your, your husband by your side, mm-hmm. taking that leap with you, mm-hmm. y'all can kind of go through it together. You can journey through it together. Right. And, and bringing the kids along, they're all part of the journey as well. Right. Explaining it to the kids sometimes is not, uh, it, it's not easy, especially the older they get. So now they're 15, 12 and eight. Okay. And so um, I know we're coming towards the end of the of the show, but something else that I haven't really shared with a lot of people, uh, Dennis, is that we've moved out to Navasota two years ago now, almost right. three. In October this year, it'll be three years. Okay. And we still have not built our house out there. We're living in my in-laws home. Okay. And so that also has been a huge leap of faith. Sure. I mean, here I am 50, my husband's in his, you know, upper 50s and Well, it's a leap of faith for them as well. Yeah, we don't we, you know, we don't have a house yet. So we're living with grandma and grandpa. Now may, you know, may grandpa rest in peace, but it's just Amen. been a turmoil of events. And yeah. um I just continue to see how God does want us to to rebuild. Yeah. And how he will take our home away physically and here, you know, terrestrial kind of human life, unless we focus on him. And that is, I, 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 you know, I, I just don't have any more words than that. Like rebuild with God, you know, rebuild for him, not for ourselves. And I think that we just haven't quite gotten there yet. Um, but we don't give up. And so it's not a bad thing that we haven't rebuilt our home yet. And when you try to tell this to an eight-year-old or 12-year-old or 15-year-old, they're like, I just want my own room, mama. I mean, how much longer am I going to have to share room, mama? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, um, you, you know, trying to teach them that kind of just, hey, be thankful for what you have. Yeah, um, It's such a cliche, but we've really lived it, you know. And, yeah. and also to, to teach them to do that, to listen to God's words and whispers and and they are like, well, how do you do that? And well, how could God not want us to have a house? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm like, it's not what he wants, is that he wants us to have him as our house. Yeah. Well, what is that supposed to mean? And so then <laughs> through their questions and our own, you know, just stumbling around. Yeah. It, 
but it's as simple as that, you know, and I think we try to complicate it and, um, and, and just get turned around in, in the storm. But it's as easy as that. We don't have a house yet because until we put God first, we are not going to find a way. And I'm not ashamed to say that, you know, but sometimes as you post on social media or you tell people your story, you just want to make it all shiny and, oh, Oh, I'm so happy, you know. But here we are, you know, just turned 50 and um, have young kids and we don't have a house. I mean, but we do have a house. You know what I mean? Well, I I think part of that story is possibly your in-laws had a need as well during this time. Amen. Yes. And uh, so you're serving mm-hmm. a need for them. They're serving a need for you. Yep. Um, and as you said, may, may your father-in-law, yes. I assume, uh, rest yes. in peace. Rest in peace. You know, we never would have expected that uh, yeah. he passed away um, in December. I'm so sorry. Uh, thank you so much, Dennis. It was very, very tough. But um, it's great that you said the, what you said about John of God also. And what, what resonated with me was that self kind of flagellation that we tend to do because... Uh-huh. I am sometimes really hard on myself and I, you know, blame myself and I'm just, you know, name calling, you know, myself kind of thing. And, um, and I think that's, that's the reminder, you know, that you don't have to do that to, um, to grow closer to God. Well, it's it's nice to know that at least you and St. John of God are the only two people in existence (laughs) that have ever done that sort of thing. Yeah, you don't do that, right? I mean, you know, we all have our ways, Uh, (laughs) but that's, that's kind of what I also wanted to tell you here, you know, live on the radio to thank you for that reminder with John of God, because I do think I've been so hard on myself sometimes and with my marriage and with my husband and with my kids and all of the above and that we don't have to do that and that it can be simple. You know, what if it's easy? My sister always says, well, what if it's easy, but we complicate it so much. You know, and, and, and it can be like that, like the snap of a finger, you know, that God changes everything in the snap of your fingers, in the uh-huh. blink of an eye. But we think that we have to go through the self-flagellation, yeah. you know, to learn. And sometimes we do. You know, sometimes we have to go through a hurricane. Right. But um, but it can be simple, too. Yeah, I think we all have life lessons to learn. And, and you know, uh, speaking of COVID, I went through and was hospitalized with COVID mm. for six days. And, Gosh, you know, it 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 knocked me on my butt, mm. but I really think I needed it. Yep. I needed a little spiritual kick in the pants. <laughs> and, you know, um, through, yeah. through years of dryness at times mm. there, you can slowly be woken up, uh, Amen. by, by things that aren't, aren't mm. expected mm-hmm. sometimes that we need. That's and, so true. and so I think, you know, with your kids going through this with you right now, of course they're whining and complaining because mm-hmm. that's their age right yes. now. And, They'll still be there for another decade. No, trust yeah. me on that oh, one. Oh dear! Uh, but they start to realize. Ah, I think I get it now. Mm-hmm. I I look back and and you know, yes. our our kids have have gone through the years of not really having a whole lot of money, a lot of trips mm-hmm. or anything along those those lines. Mm-hmm. But they they look back and say, I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah. Because they know some of their friends or other mm-hmm. people that take those things for granted in life, mm-hmm. and they don't want to be like that. They want to sure. be able to thank God for all they have and be able to survive on very little, mm-hmm. you know? And so oh, yeah. um, these are all life lessons that the kids had to learn along with you and your husband. Mm-hmm. And it's just been amazing to hear yeah. this story. Um, what are what are some takeaways, I think? I, I think we've mm. had multiple takeaways. <laughs> we've talked about your early life history, mm. your family. I mean, I imagine coming over from Spain mm-hmm. wasn't 
that provided its own yeah, sense of trauma for tough. a 10 year old as it was. But right. and going back through your life in Houston mm-hmm. and the time with uh, your early career and then Hurricane Harvey and then COVID and your mm-hmm. move and what you're doing now, what are some mm-hmm. some takeaways that you would want the listener to to hear not only mm-hmm. about you as Maria Sotolongo and future saint <laughs> and future thank you, thank you. roundup host um, uh, here on Red Sea Catholic mm-hmm. Radio, but as a wife and a mother and a child mm-hmm. of God, what are some takeaways? Oh, thank you, Saint Dennis. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, it's just it it, it um. It's hard, you know. the The road is hard. the The calling is sometimes not clear. Um, sometimes it takes trying on different hats to see what God wants you to do. Yeah. Um, but he, he speaks your love language. He knows you, he knows me and he is calling you. So just, uh, don't, don't push it away. Don't wash it away. Don't, um, deny it because whatever it is, whether he, he is calling you to be a mother or he's calling you to be an astronaut, um, he knows the plans he has for you. And I think just to take that next step, mm-hmm. even if it's a step out in joy or it's a step out in tribulation, look at that next step. Mm-hmm. Know that the Holy Spirit will give you enough guidance to take that next step mm-hmm. and that God's got you. God's Amen. got you through the thick, through the thin. And, and times that are even the most joyful can be the most stressful mm-hmm. at times. Mm-hmm. Um Lean on the people that God puts in your path. Amen. Yes, for sure. Even non-believers. There you go. He'll bring them. Because you can be a light to them as well. Amen. I think that's what I would do as a takeaway from your story. So thank you, Dennis. I really loved having you on. I knew that this would be Ah. a great story, Maria. Um, Thank you, Dennis. So so listen for her voice coming up a lot more often on Red Sea Roundup in future episodes, and we're so excited that she's going to be doing this for us. So uh, with that. Go and love your neighbor, as Pam Marvin always says, and also when choosing between the values of heaven and the values of the world, always round up. Since you wake up this dead man walking, shake off rumors and talk.